what would you like to talk about today? Act within your own value system, but also create boundaries. Welcome to the Inspiro podcast, a podcast exploring personal growth, leadership, strategy, communication, and fulfillment. We are your hosts, Jason Luchtefeld and Bill Woodburn. I'm here as a dentist transitioning into a career to help facilitate individuals and their organizations towards a more fulfilling future. Hi there, I'm Bill Woodburn, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and licensed marriage and family therapist in Austin, Texas. I'm fascinated by the way people come together to solve problems, whether that's couples or families, dental practices or organizations. We're going to be exploring a lot of topics, and for us to be able to be free to do that, I have to let you know that this is not intended to be dental advice or counseling advice. And it made me think of the book, The Four Agreements. Be impeccable. I think it's with your word. Uh, Don't take things personally. Don't assume. And always do your best. So as I looked at those in the context of what I teach people in strategic planning, those are two core values and two boundary statements. And I thought that was a great fit for where we ended last time, just to be able to touch on those things. And sometimes, you know, a little book like that is a great little resource. Just reiterating some of those four points and why they would be core values versus a boundary statement, maybe what the difference of difference in those two things is. These boundary statements that I'm teaching now in strategic planning are meant to be along those same lines. And so it did get me thinking about this book, The Four Agreements, and two of the four agreements are basically boundary statements. So a little background, a boundary statement is meant to be worded in the negative. So it's things we will not do. And so it's nice to have those for yourself. It's nice to have those for an office and have them quite clear. So in the four agreements, they use don't take things personally and don't assume as their boundary statements they're recommending. And I think those are pretty good. Those could be put on any uh, poster in any office and be reminded of those every day. So I I wanted to kind of segue into this, Bill, to kind of get your thoughts on that idea of a boundary statement and making it clear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I've got clients that come in and they have just really hide themselves in knots trying to set a boundary statement. So not trying to set a boundary with uh, another person, usually somebody they care about, usually somebody important. And part of the problem is they're spending way too much time in the other person's head. If I say this, then what will they think or feel? If I say that, what will they think or feel? And what eventually happens is they totally box themselves in and there's no way to say it at all. But the curious thing is they have no experimental data. 
it's just all assumption about what the other person's going to do with that. And so they've assumed themselves into a corner and then they can't do anything. And then they just get stuck. It's, and it's curious how many times with some encouragement that they go ahead and verbalize some sort of boundary statement and the other person is fine with it. Or even if they're not fine with it, they don't break off the relationship because of it. They, they just like, well, could we negotiate this or whatever? <laughs> so typically what I say is, you know, one of the, the real basic human skills is number one, knowing what your boundaries are. And number two, being able to, you know, kindly and reasonably tell somebody else. But when all else fails, the kindest thing is to be clear. When you sort of sidle up to the topic and and um, equivocate over and over and over, pretty soon the other person has no idea where your boundary is. It's this soft, mushy, expansive swampland between you two. And there's no, no way to know, am I in it? Am I not in it? So, you know, my bias is clear is kind. And there is such a thing as aggressive that you don't want to be. But if you're talking about yourself and your boundaries, what are boundaries for you and what are boundaries you would like other people to respect, you're, you're still talking about yourself. And that's, that's not usually terribly aggressive. Yeah, it makes me laugh that you said in there the idea of the stories we tell ourselves. And that story just keeps growing and growing, making those assumptions about what the other person's going to think about our boundary, what are they going to say, they're not going to be our friend anymore, or they're an employee, they're going to quit, that we just get ourselves so worked up over a story before we've even attempted to have the conversation. I think that needs an exclamation point on it. How do we modify that? A couple of things. One, remember... Clear is kind, so you want to be clear. And you usually don't have to start with pressure. You're just giving another person data that they need. You're actually helping them out. When someone draws a boundary with me, I feel like they're helping me out in the relationship. Now, if it's an ultimatum, which is like, do it this way or else, of course, that gets everybody's hackles up. Or if it's, you've hurt me terribly by not, it's like, okay, that gets everybody's head. But what if you're just stating it? What if you're just stating it as a fact? This is, this is what I would like. This is what I would not like. This is what I'm trying to do. This is what gets in the way of what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. And the lack of pressure in voice and stance and word choice usually makes it fine for the other person. Even if they don't like it, what most people are looking for is pressure and aggression and force. And, and if we're not if we're not ramping up force before we tell someone, most of the time it goes fine. They may say no. They may say they have a different idea. Okay, that's I don't consider that a bad thing. Mm -hmm. So it usually goes fine. Okay, so there's two boundary statements there, and then I'm going to say there's two core okay. values. <laughs> actions there so be impeccable with your word and always do your best 
So core values, as we teach them, are initially at least founded in what actions you're doing currently. And so we walk through some exercises where you put down and then score based on the, the things you like to do and the things you actually do. And then you have some uh, reckoning to do about where there's a mismatch. And so oftentimes what we find is people are happy to see they're living a couple of their core values. And they're usually a little frustrated that they have some core values that are actually aspirational, that they're not living them. This I think speaks to that as we take a core value and put a definition and an action to it, then it becomes something we can start to attempt to do more of every day. If we decide this is who we want to be, then we can say, okay, in order to be a person of integrity, I have to be impeccable with my word. And it becomes an action that you can remind yourself to do. And so, so the difference there is the boundary statement, things will not do. A core value are things I'm going to be doing. These are actions I'm going to be taking. This is the person I want to be. Well, I really like that. And I, I particularly like it because it starts with some self-awareness. We do have to do our homework. We have to figure out what our values are. I mean, technically, I guess you can go through the world and act in all sorts of ways and then figure out what is working for you. But that brute force approach sounds like it's pretty inefficient. What if you actually sat there and thought, based on my history, based on my feelings, based on what I know about myself, you know, what what are my values? Very few people do that. They usually borrow it from somebody else or an institution or whatever, as opposed to saying, what are mine? I, I know you and I have had that moment when we're working with an organization. You know, what are your core values? And then they trot out the usual the, the usual top in. Mm -hmm. And we say, yeah, but what, what are they really? And nobody knows. Mm -hmm. Well, what are your personal values? Uh, I don't know. I just started to be a nice guy. There's that self-awareness step that I think is skipped so many times. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with boundaries. This is part of where they overlap. You know, if I can cruise through the world and just not think about where my boundaries are. I can cruise through the world and think about where my values are. And I can be perpetually offended that somehow the world is not working out for me. Or I can be more self-aware. I can think about my values. I can know where my boundaries are in relation to those values. And it doesn't mean I get everything I want, but I'm sure a lot less pissed off. You know, I just had a moment where I was, you were talking, it made me think of an idea that I wanted to say. And then I thought, oh, I shouldn't do that. I should be listening to what Bill is saying. And I, I completely <laughs> just gave myself a uh, a mental fart there by coming full circle on the uh, the whole idea of paying attention. Oh, how how fitting that it happened there. Okay. <laughs> um, anything else on? Oh, I know what it was. I got it. Core values, and so the idea that core values. Okay, there's a, there's a piece here that I think is. Uh, potentially a rough patch for people as they go to uncover their core values and define them and put actions to them. They realize they not, they're not living them. And there's a, a serious moment of disappointment, shame, 
that kind of stuff that can come up in people. And in some people that, that can be enough for them to, to shut down the process and just pick a couple of values that sound good on the list. I think there can be value in doing the exercises on your own, kind of check yourself, see, see where you're at, but also doing it with somebody else. What values do they see in you in your daily actions and see where there's overlap, see where you might being hard, be hard on yourself without need to be. So I wonder what you think about that. What do you think about uh, going through the exercise and then having that uh-oh realization that you're not living up to what you wanted to or hope to, and you have to face that now? You know, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think what stands in the way of most of us uh, really digging into our personal values or team values is one, a little bit of self delusion. You know, if, if, if I don't actually refine these, I won't actually be violating them. You know, if I keep them nice and fuzzy, that gives me this large unaccountable space that I don't have to worry about whether I'm really living them or not, because yes, you are exactly right. If you have boundaries and you think about them and you set them and you're pretty specific about them, yeah, you're probably not living them. And that's going to be that moment. It's like, oh, crud, I'm not really doing this, am I? And we, as human beings, we love to avoid that moment by building in some fuzz, some vagueness. The other thing, and I see this, I, well, I see this in dental offices, organizations, families, we can get together in groups and all collude to keep everything fuzzy. So we never have to be accountable for our values. I'll let you off yours if you let me off mine. I won't be specific about mine. And in return, I won't ask you to be specific about yours. I won't set boundaries as long as you don't set boundaries. I was like, whoa, wait, <laughs> guys. And then there we have this like slimy little deal going on. I'll, if you let me do it, I'll let you do it. Yeah, that brings me up on an interesting tangent. And it's the, we've talked about conflict stuff. We've talked about the awareness wheel. I don't know that we've talked a lot about healthy conflict and, and the value of it. And so uh, what I heard, what I interpreted from what you said is also an avoidance of conflict or an avoidance of the conflict between how I'm acting and what I want my core value to be. And so rather than confronting that conflict, we just don't talk about it. Oh, sure. Most folks that I run into who we would say are conflict avoidant with their teams or their organizations, well, really, the, the conflict they're avoiding is inside themselves. Mm -hmm. Most people that are pretty clear about what's going on with them are not that worried about conflict. They may worry about the technical side of, you know, how do I do this so this works? Okay, that's a technical problem. But just fear of conflict is usually starts with fear of the conflict inside us, how we're going to feel. The fact that we have two sides to that, of us to that question. And that we're not in agreement with ourselves. If you are finding that this is a problem, write it out. And, and I have... Go ahead. And have a particular tool Good. with writing that you might try. It's write out a sentence that starts, one of my personal values is, and then just repeat the sentence. One of my personal values is, one of my personal. Do that five, six times, just over and over and over. 
um, that is a great way to cut through a lot of the initial kind of requisite BS that we just store in the front of our brains. If you reach in each time for a different word, for something more descriptive to end that sentence, it can be one of my core values is, or I, something I really believe is, some a value I'd like to act on is, any of those sentence stems, but don't just write it once. I'd really like to act on being impeccable with my words. I'd really like to act on being honest. I'd really like to act on being honest with the person on my team that really is irritating me. I'd like to and notice how it you can you can keep fleshing it out as you repeat it and as you extend it so that it's not just those first few because it takes a few before we get past our just normal operating stuff. So what I initially <clears throat> thought you were saying was to write out five statements that might be five different values. But then as you finished, I think what you said was stay focused on just one value and write it five different ways. Like keep trying to make it either more clear or more descriptive or almost asking uh, if, if I write, um, I want to be impeccable with my word, answering the question why. And then, sure. and then I want to be impeccable with my word because, and then why that? And essentially you're trying to go deeper into just one thing. Oh yeah. Not list a bunch of completely separate things. Is that right? Oh yes. Thank you. And thanks for, thanks for picking up that stitch for me. I really appreciate when you do that. Yeah. That, that this is about just one idea and fleshing it out more. And I like also the idea of, you know, putting because at the end of the line, you can just because why? I mean, Hey, this is Jason jumping in here. And if you are in a position to pause this and do the exercise, then now's a great time to grab a pad of paper and a pen and hit pause and do the exercise for yourself. Just focused on one value, one topic, one boundary statement, whatever it may be, and run through that. When you're done, hit play again, and you'll get to hear the next tip from Bill. Another writing exercise that I, I, I find useful personally, I use it with lots of clients, is write out a sentence. Uh, I think it is very important to be impeccable with my words. Okay. And for each of those important words, you draw a line down from it on the page and you write another word that is a synonym or also describes it or goes a little deeper. Mm. I think it's very important. Very. Okay. How important are we talking about? It's absolutely important. It's vitally important. It's sometimes important. I mean, how are we going to, and you can go from that word and that, you can go on down the page a little bit refining, very important, impeccable. What is impeccable? What are some definitions of impeccable? My words, my, my words, other people's words, words I'm quoting that other people, I mean, what words are we talking about? You know, that, I, I love the visual of this. I immediately thought I would write the sentence in the middle of the page and I would have lines going up and down yes. and sideways so that each word could have its own string of expansion. And you could fill a page with that, just that using that one sentence and expanding off of it. That's pretty cool. That's, that's fun. 
And I would also suggest be careful of the words that look like they're meaningless. Words like with, with, with who, with when. With is also an important word. Now, the maybe not so much, but mm -hmm. with is an important word. For is another important word. Mm -hmm. So some of these little words that you think, oh, yeah, I'll just skip over that one. Mm, no, wait a minute. That might have something to it right there. That's great. All right. We've reached the end. This time you don't have to press pause to do the exercise. You can just get your pen and pad ready as I'm wrapping up this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. I think this is one of our best yet. The really deep dive into boundaries and core values, I think can be really helpful. I would put this one on a saved list and revisit this episode, I don't know, quarterly, possibly, uh, at the bare minimum once a year. So I hope you found it as helpful as I did making it and look forward to seeing you next time. <laughs>